Hey, praise chapel, Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series one with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled One Moment of Worship. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com loaded and updated daily. Enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. We appreciate Hey, you're giving this morning. It's hard to sit down with a song like that, right? But we welcome all of you here. Praise Chapel Paramount. We're glad you're here this morning. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. And we appreciate you being here. We appreciate those that are online, uh, a number of people there. And uh, we've been ministering uh, this uh, last few months on one. I want to know one's important. And many times we talk about what is so great about one, what is so great about just the number one. And last week I talked about one act of service or one act of love and how we can stare and we can be aware and we can stare, but we need to care. And I've been talking about how one can make a difference. One person, one moment, one act of service, one expression of worship, one piece of the puzzle. We had a puzzle up here, and we said, man, you need that one piece. In fact, last night, we, my wife went and got some puzzles the other week, and, and uh, I'm, I just been hogging up this one puzzle that we're doing, a 500-piece puzzle. And she said, you just came and hogged it all up. You just uh, And every night and during, the, I'll come and do it. And last night, I was looking for one piece, man. I was, like, really angry. And uh, still, I have not not completely done yet and but I just knew that that one piece wasn't there and I remember the other night I was in my robe before I went to bed and I was messing with the puzzle and I said I bet you one of those pieces fell in my pocket and guess what I knew it I knew it I went in a robe right I did last night and I said see I knew there was one piece missing and I knew where it went for some reason I just said there's one piece that's missing I don't know how I got into that But I want to read you a verse of scripture today out of uh, the book of John chapter 12. Wonderful story. And I'm really excited about this message today. It's the six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany uh, where Lazarus lived, or that's where he stayed, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Having dinner with, uh, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Sort of like when you bring pan dulce over, right? Everything is, or menudo over the house. It just fills the whole place. But this was perfume. But one of his disciples... Judas Iscariot was later to betray him, objected. Why was it this perfume sold and money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Then Jesus said this, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that we should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. 
So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is so powerful. Your word is so precious today. And so, God, I pray today the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word. And people that are sitting out there today, let them receive it, whatever is on their mind, whatever weighs on them today. I pray this word would bless them and minister to them and help them. And God, remove every distraction because there's so many things that distract us and help us to give you our 100% undivided attention in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So this is the very famous story that probably most of you have read. And uh, it's a woman pouring perfume on the feet of Jesus and wiping it with her hair. And there's a lot more going on here that I want to minister and teach this morning and really help encourage you. There's more than a perfume party going on here. This is not an Avon party or anything like this. Uh, And this is a woman that is actually in an act of worship and humility and honor to Jesus. And so I want to talk about this. You can write this down. One moment of worship. Again, one moment of worship. And there's a lot of questions about worship today. What is worship? What does why do people worship? What is it about? And really, there's a lot of misunderstanding on the ways to worship. And so I want to give you just a few things that I believe here that we can see in the pattern of this woman that could really help us in that one woman of worship, of that one moment of worship. And so what is worship? Worship simply means to express worth. It's expressing worth. Literally means to ascribe worth to something. When you value something, when you appreciate something, you are expressing an appraisal or a value to it. And this is what's happening. It's how much is God worth to you? And if he's worth something to you, you're willing to worship him. You're giving and expressing work. Throughout the scripture, God is consistently and communicating to all of us that We should worship him, that we should honor him, that we should live a life of worship constantly throughout scripture. God is saying, worship me, honor me, bow before me, uh, worship me daily, worship me uh, whenever you can. The Bible said that the angels of heaven are worshiping God 24-7. And so most people would ask the question is, why do we need to worship Why is God asking for this worship? Does God have an insecurity problem that we have to remind him constantly of how great he is and how wonderful he is? Does God have an amnesia problem where God forgets and so he needs you to remind him every so often that we need to worship him? And from a human perspective, most of us would say, when somebody wants all that praise, when someone wants all that adoration, when someone wants all that attention, that person has an egocentric spirit. There's something about him that that God has this insecurity problem. So what is it with worship that, that we need to remind him that people need to always do that? For goodness sake, is he insecure? But I want to say to you, no, that's not it at all. When we look in the scripture, God's instruction to you and I, it's for our benefit. It is for our good. And I want to show you something this morning is why worship is so important. Deuteronomy 5.33, follow all the direction the Lord God has given you and life 
will go well for you. Do you guys not have that scripture? Put it up there, okay? Life will go well for you. So the truth is, when God tells us to do something, are you with me so far? Life goes better. When God instructs us to do something, it's not because God wants us to do it for him, but many times God is wanting to do it for you because he knows it's for your benefit and it's for your own good. When God gives you instruction, when he says, forgive your enemies, it's not doing it for him, it's doing it for you because he doesn't want you to get bitter, but he wants you to be better. And when you forgive, it's about many times when we hold unforgiveness, what we're doing is we're basically saying we're drinking poison and wanting the person we're mad at to die when you're drinking the poison of unforgiveness. So constantly God is instructing us because there is a reward to worship. It's his presence and his goodness. In other words, God knows in order for us to function correctly, in order for us to function in the way that God intended us to function, we need more than knowledge. We need more than information. We need more than good preaching, but we need a personal experience with the living God. We need a personal experience with the presence of God. And so God gives us more than information. He gives us his presence. And the presence of God, write this down, gives us provision. And what does this provision do? This provision supplies things in our hearts and minds that we can't get any other way. There is going to be some emotional and mental provision that God gives you in his presence. In other words, the Bible says the fullness of joy comes in his presence. The fullness of peace, contentment, and satisfaction. There is things that are void in your soul that can only be filled with his presence. That can only be filled with his provision and the glory of God in your life. There are principles that you learn in his presence. Write that down because there are messages that we need in our heart, in our soul that's not going to come from the preaching. That's not going to come from just reading a book, but it comes through the Holy Spirit while you're worshiping God. There are times where you're going to look for answers. You're going to look for a message, a solution for your soul that is only going to happen in the presence of God. That when we are worshiping God, there's something that God puts something in your heart, that God puts something in your mind that you can't get alone. Have you ever had an aha moment and you said, man, I got this idea or something came to me and God is on the outside looking at you and said, I put that in your heart. I put that idea in your soul. I'm the one that gave you the idea. You didn't get that on your own. And so we have to remember that the presence of God provides provision. It provides principles. And here's the next thing. It provides power. Hallelujah. In his presence, we have the ability to carry out his instruction. Because how many know we can't live for God by ourselves? We need the power of God working through us. And it can only come, no matter how much you fill up your notepad, no matter how many notes you write down, you cannot apply what God wants for your life unless you have the presence of God empowering you. Somebody say amen. So a person that is living life simply by information is living a a spiritual inferior life. You are living way below how God wants you to live. 
This is why we have no understanding of the spiritual things of God. I've said this before. You are more spiritual than you are physical. You are not a physical being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having a physical experience. We are more connected in the spiritual than we even realize. And when we don't get in the presence of God, we will never tap into the spiritual side that God has intended for us. I was thinking about this the other day. It is equivalent. Can I have my phone? Is my phone right over there? Can I have my phone? Let me have that phone. Did you wipe it up? No, I'm just kidding. I, I was thinking about it is equivalent to the fact of having a phone. How many know on this phone you can surf the web? You have access to all these apps. You are able to do your banking on this phone. You can text on this phone. You can take pictures on this phone. You can do videos on this phone. You can watch videos on this phone. You can send pictures to other people on this phone. This phone right here has all of these different features, but if you only use it to make calls and answer calls, you are underusing and underutilizing this phone well this is what happens in our worship when you don't learn how to tap in to the presence of God God is leaning over and saying man I could do a lot more if you'll just get into my presence if you'll tap in to worship because this area of worship is so important we can't afford to belittle it we can't for, afford to misunderstand. Let me tell you, worship is not for, we're not waiting for the lay people to get in. Worship is not a pep rally. I've often said, uh, the concert, it's not a concert. People are tapping in into the presence of God because God's presence, uh, a lot more happens in God's presence than just singing and good music. And so I want to be able to look into this scripture as this woman is worshiping God because this is an area that I want to do well. This is an area of worship that, again, uh, I want to do right because often uh, we could worship. Just because you worship, it's not often accepted because true worship needs to come from our heart. In fact, Jesus said this. Let me just say this to you. He said in Matthew 15, 8, please put the scripture up. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So God is not looking for lip service. Okay? I don't care how red you have the lips. God's not looking for that. He's looking for heart service. He's looking for worship from the heart. And just because it's offered doesn't mean it's accepted. And so I want to do this right. I want to do this well. Now, why am I emphasizing worship? Because worship is important to me. One of the first ministries, the expression on the platform that I ever had in church was I was the worship leader. I know it's hard to believe, but I was the worship leader one time. I led worship, and I also, when I was when we first started the church here and being involved in the church, I was the worship leader for many years. And yes, believe it or not, I did. And I remember when I stopped worshiping, some people were mad. Like, how come? Look at I can't lead worship and keep preaching and doing all these things. I need other people to help. But I believe in worship. Uh, that's why we, we are a worshiping church. If you're wondering why, it's because I believe in worship and I believe in the power of worship. 
And I believe there's something that happens in worship that you're, you're not going to be able to get just through the word. You're not going to be able to get just through prayer. You're not going to be able to get just listening. You've got to get into the presence of God. It's necessary. Are you with me for your life and the benefits of your life? So here's what's happening. Now, let's go back to the story. Jesus arrived at a, a city by the name of Bethany. And as he's there, they've done a dinner in his honor. Uh, he has uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. Did you hear what I said? He raised Lazarus from the dead. And so they're honoring him. And the Bible says that his sister, Lazarus' sister, by the name of Mary, she comes in with this alabaster box. You'll see other gospels that's an alabaster box. In this alabaster box is this expensive perfume or ointment. And she walks in. She passes everybody that's there. She kneels down and she begins to pour out this perfume. And she begins to wipe it with her hair. She's wiping it with her hair. And you know what the people are saying that are watching this? They're saying, it don't take all of that. Is that really necessary? I mean, this is something, this is exaggerated. This is exaggerated. This is an exaggeration. Really, I mean, is this what, you know, come on. It doesn't take all of that clapping. It doesn't take all of that dancing. It, it doesn't take all of that shouting. Why are they shouting? Why are they clapping? Why are they jumping? Why, why are they, you know, doing this and doing that? It doesn't, why are they singing so long? Why are they raising their hands? Why, the Bible says, while they were talking, she just kept wiping. While they were talking, she just kept white wiping. Now, because culturally, the glory of a woman was her hair. And essence, what she was saying is she was giving God glory. She was laying down her glory and putting it at the feet of Jesus. She didn't care what anybody else was thinking. She didn't care what anybody else was saying. And others were talking, but she said, you know what? You may not like it, but you can't stop me. I'm going to worship God the way he's put it in my heart. And he began to worship the Lord right there because she was saying uh, you know what you don't know what the Lord has done for me this man has done something for me and you have no idea what he's done for my life and so the Bible said there she's there and she's worshiping him and there's a man there that has an opinion that's one of the disciples of Jesus and he has an opinion about this whole thing and he said, why didn't we sell this? Uh, other scriptures say, he said, now why this waste? Why did we waste uh, this perfume? We could have sold it. Uh, we could have did something for uh, with this. Instead, uh, it's been wasted on Jesus. How many know you could never waste something on God? Now, I want you to think about this. Judas was the follower of Jesus. Judas was a, a student of Jesus. He was a disciple. He was an apprentice, okay? And so here's what I want you to think about. He was someone that was close to Jesus, okay? He was close to Jesus. He was someone that, that was speaking for Jesus. But at that moment, he was misrepresenting Jesus. I'm going to say that again. He was someone close to Jesus, Okay, speaking for Jesus, but he was misrepresenting Jesus. How many have met people like that? This woman was able to be an effective worshiper 
because she refused to listen to Judas's voice. Instead, she was listening to Jesus's voice. Judas represents people that are close to Jesus, speaking for Jesus, but they are misrepresenting Jesus. They are not accurately representing who the Lord is. There's a lot of people in today's world, listen to me, they have a shallow experience. They're shallow in their spiritual life because they've not been taught by Jesus. They've been taught by Judas. They've had an Judas impartation when it comes to Christianity. They've had a Judas impartation when it comes to worship. There are many people that have a perspective, a spiritual perspective about church and Christianity. And they say, well, this church stuff doesn't work. This church stuff doesn't work for everybody. This church stuff is not, you know, I've tried God. There are people that have abandoned the faith. There are people this morning that are pursuing a shallow, unproductive life, not because they learn from Jesus, but they learn from Judas. And Judas has imparted a version, listen to me, where they don't realize the version of faith that they got came from Judas and not from Jesus. There are people in church today, they have a version of Judas' faith, not a version of Christ's faith. So they don't understand what worship is. They don't understand. And so this was the God that was close to Jesus, speaking for Jesus, but misrepresenting Jesus. Listen to me. Sometimes Judas could be somebody that you love and someone that you look up to. Sometimes Jesus, uh, Judas could be someone that's close to you, and when they gave you something, you didn't evaluate how good it was, and therefore you ran with it, and that's why you're confused, because you're practicing the faith given to you by Judas. That faith could, or that version could be a, listen to me, that version or that person close to you or that thing that you've allowed in your heart could be some teacher on YouTube, could be could be could be a, a, a close friend of yours, your best friend that gave you the wrong version of Christianity. Could be your other church. Could be some other leader. Could be your past Sunday school teacher. And they put a, a version of Christianity that came from Judas, but didn't come from Jesus. They were a person close to Jesus, speaking for Jesus, but mis misrepresenting Jesus. And therefore, now you have a shallow spiritual experience. I've talked about this earlier, but I said we, we need to forgive people, and people don't understand. It's not forgive and forget. But, but forgiveness means it's to pardon, not to retaliate. It doesn't mean you don't for, you, you forget it. It's that I'm not retaliating. I'm not getting back. Uh, back at you, I'm going to pardon you. There's something we need to remember because thank God that Christ forgave you and you remember that. You need to have uh, enough understanding. If Christ forgave me and I need to remember that, I need to forgive others. Somebody say amen. Because there's things we need to remember. So some people are in opposition to things that are going on in church today, especially because you got a version of faith that came from Judas, not from Jesus. And some people today, you know what? You don't need deliverance from bad sin. You need deliverance from bad religion. You got religion. You didn't get a relationship. Somewhere in there, you got it mixed. 
And that's why you don't understand worship. That's why you don't understand what God is trying to do. He's trying to give you a relationship, not religion. And so while they were talking, she just kept on wiping. While they were talking, she just kept on wiping. She just kept doing what she was doing. In fact, she probably got so consumed in what she was doing that she didn't even care about the opinion that was going on. And she was, you know what? She was worshiping for the audience of one. See, when I preach, I'm preaching for the audience of one. I want you to get ministered, but I'm preaching for Jesus, man. I'm giving, I'm trying to give him praise. And so I'm sure after she got up, she probably looked around. She goes, I didn't know you guys were still here. I was so engulfed in giving God praise for his goodness and his honor. I didn't even realize you guys were still here. And here she was. She was worshiping. She was giving God honor. And some people are living spiritual inferior lives. Listen to me. Because we have got a version of Judas, but not a version of Jesus. See, Judas will tell you things that don't matter to God that actually do. And Judas will tell you worship, worship in your own way, not his way. That's what Judas will say. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, the hour is coming. And now is, can we put the AC on? Because I am burning hot up here. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, what is seeking such people to worship him? Why? Because God is the spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, you just can't give God what you want. Judas was saying, Let, just give God what you want. Just, uh, just give him whatever you want. Don't waste your time going to church. Don't waste your time lifting your hand. Don't waste your time giving to God. Don't waste your time giving your all. You know what? You could just, why don't you just stay home? You know, you could worship God at home. How many times have you heard people say, well, I can worship God at home. I don't need to come to church. But are you worshiping God at home? I, I can read the Bible at home. I, I can read. But are you? But are you, though? Are you? We say all that. I could do this at home. I could. Uh, are you? I can, I can give at home. Yeah, you can give the goodwill. That don't count. That's secondhand stuff. You know, I can do that. Uh, can I just be honest? There's some people that are staying home from COVID, not, not, not because they're scared. Is They're not true worshipers many times. Sometimes we can be watching, but we're not worshiping. Now, we love you guys, those that are watching, okay? I'm not putting you down, but I'm not, I know there's some, many people that just can't come, and their immunity, and they're older and all of that. But I'm just saying sometimes we could use that as an excuse. And, and let me just tell you, true worshipers, man, uh, uh, I'm going to just say this. Uh, when you're a worshiper of God, we can't stop you from coming here. You know, we don't have to beg you to come. We can't stop you from coming because you're a worshiper of God. You're putting God first. You can't, get, you can't wait to get around God's people to worship him. You can't wait to worship with other believers because you want to give God the glory. Now listen to what happened. As, there, as this conversation is going on and Jesus is overhearing Judas and he's overhearing this complaint and this bickering. I love Jesus just says, shut up or kind of kind of my version just you know what you need to stop you need to stop speaking for me stop misrepresenting me is what Jesus was saying you're telling people I don't want stuff that I actually want and you're telling me people I want stuff that I don't even want 
He said, you know, leave her alone. What she is doing really matters. In fact, the other gospel said, it's going to be a memory of her. It's going to be a memorial. I'm going to remember what she's done forever. That one moment of worship is the one moment that Jesus said, I'm going to, it's going to be a memorial for her, what she's doing. I'm endorsing what she's doing. And so we need to learn what true worship is what this woman was doing. She was surrendering her heart. She was basically reflecting on the goodness of Jesus. She was reflecting on God's grace. And she was saying, man, I I love Jesus. And Jesus said, man, I'm going to remember her. Let me just tell you something. When God remembers you, he just doesn't think about it. He does something. A lot of us, when we remember God, we don't do anything. But the Bible says God remembered Noah and it stopped raining. God remembered Rachel and he opened up her womb. When God remembers you, he does something. And so the Bible says she's going to be remembered. And there's a difference here when, when people remember and when God remembers. And so here's the pattern that I want us to see here. And you can write this down. I'm going to go through this really quickly this morning. Is when she was worshiping, she did three things. Number one, what she did is she was a woman that offered worship because she was grateful. Say grateful. True worshipers are grateful worshipers. It's an attitude of gratitude. If you want to know why we worship, we're grateful. We're grateful for what God has done. Gratitude requires us to be deliberate and intentional because the human heart always leans toward entitlement. I deserve this. I deserve what's going on in my life. I deserve, I earned this on my own. Can I be honest with you? Some of us this morning, God's been so good to us for so long that his goodness becomes your normal. You've been walking in the goodness of God. You've been walking in the blessing of God, and you've taken it for granted, and you feel you're entitled. Some of you are sitting in, you're walking in, and you're working in right now answered prayer that you used to pray about, but now you're complaining about. You used to just pray for a house to live in. Now you're complaining it's not big enough. You used to just pray that you'd have a roof over your head, but now you're complaining about it because you've been walking in the goodness so long. I'm preaching now this morning. You've been walking in the goodness so long that it becomes your normal, and now you feel you're entitled to it because entitlement Always get the hold of the human heart. Our children, let me just say some of of our children have no idea how favored they are. They are walking under your favor and it's their normal. They don't know what it is to have one TV. They don't know what it is to not have their own bed. They don't know what it is to have one phone and everyone in the house has to share it. They're walking in the favor that you have. It's become their normal, and now they feel that they're entitled to it. Oh, some people are going to get mad at me today. See, the enemy wants to always keep you entitled. He always wants to have that spirit. It's an enemy of contentment and satisfaction. And you'll never be happy until you're content. You'll never be happy until you're satisfied. And if you're not satisfied, guess what happens? You make unwise decisions when you're not satisfied. 
some of the most foolish decisions that we make is because you weren't satisfied and because you weren't content and you don't realize the only one that can give you full contentment is Jesus, the presence of God. And so what happens is we get seduced by the lack. We get seduced by what other people have and we feel we're entitled. And friend, I want you to realize you got more than you deserve. Let's be honest. And, and, and when, you, when you're satisfied, amen, and when you're content, you can look at opportunities and individuals that are not for you, that are not out to help you, and you say, no, 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 I'm good. Last week was, uh, was what? Uh, uh, Valentine's Day. You could say, oh, man, no, 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 I don't need a man. I don't need a man like you. I'm good with Jesus. I don't need a woman like you. I'm good for Jesus. I don't need you to mess up my life. I don't need you to corrupt my life right now. Just because it's it's Valentine, I'm okay. You know what? I don't need that job. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be, I don't need you. You know what? The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. You are gaining a whole lot. So this woman had a grateful attitude. And the antidote, listen to me, the antidote to entitlement is gratitude. And gratitude is warfare. You have to fight. You have to fight every day to be grateful. Because if you're not careful, you become entitled. And you got to remember the goodness of God. I said, remember the goodness of God. Regardless of your past season, that maybe you had a past season that wasn't good. Maybe your present season. But you still need to thank God for the goodness of God. And so the Bible says this woman was washing Jesus' feet. He was at the table. But here's what I love. Listen to me. I love this part. Why was he so great? Why was she so grateful? Because there was somebody else sitting at that table beside Jesus. Let's read this again. It says in, in John 12, 1, six days before the Passover came, uh, before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus did, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. You missed a good place to shout. Whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. So she's worshiping uh, Jesus here in chapter 12 because she remembers chapter 11 because in chapter 11, Lazarus was dead for four days and the Bible said that Jesus came and raised him up back from the dead. So when she's wiping his feet, there is no doubt in my mind she is thinking about her brother sitting in there. Can you say amen? And she's thanking God. Some of you need to remember your chapter 11. Some of you filed chapter 11. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you need to remember when you were dead, when you had nothing, when you were nobody. And so the reason why she's worshiping in chapter 12, because she's giving him praise for chapter 11, I want you to realize that today. Remember your chapter 11. Some of the problems you're complaining about, man, they're good problems in comparison. We've been walking in the goodness of God. You forgot what it is to have leprosy and be itching. You forgot how you, you've been walking in freedom so long, you forgot the bondage that you were in. 
You're so full, you forgot what it was to be empty. And so, therefore, when we come to worship, uh, we don't realize, amen, you forgot your chapter 11. Man, you need to stir yourself up at moments in your life and remember what God's done in your life. I've said this a lot of times. When I walk into this building and I'm standing there, I say to myself, how did I get here? Because I know where I came from. Are you with me? I know where I grew up. I know where I could have ended up. I grew up in South L.A., in the bad part of South L.A. My brothers were going in the wrong direction. It was the grace of God. That wasn't luck. That was God. What you're calling luck, that was God in your life. Oh, that was a chance. No, that was God moving in your life. Let me, let me just tell you something. What you don't appreciate begins to depreciate and then eventually disintegrates. You need to appreciate what God's done. You need to appreciate your chapter 11 in order to worship him in chapter 12. And here's the next point. I can't get through everything I want to say today, but she had genuine worship. Now, again, I love it was genuine. I've never seen people worship with perfume. Now, don't start doing that here, okay, because... <laughs> We're going to get all kinds of <laughs> aromas going on. Keep your perfume at home. or just put, dab some of it on you, but that's okay. Some of you dab a little bit too much, but that's okay. You say, whoo, did you? I didn't see you come by. I smelled you come by, but that's okay. Anyway, she's worshiping <laughs> with this perfume. And here's what I want to say to you. It was consistent with her personality and the way that she was wired. And the Bible says she came and she poured it out because the Bible gives us all kinds of different ways in which we can worship God. Listen to me, this is important. Because we think, man, there's, there's just one way. There's many ways we could worship God, different postures. Obviously, it needs to come from the heart. But there are different postures in which we could worship God. And I'll name a number of them this morning in Scripture. I can't give you all the Scriptures for it, but there's expressions of worship that could fit your personality. Now, some people this morning, when they pray to God, they dance. Doesn't mean we're all going to dance. Let the dancers dance, right? Some of them are just, they're, they're just moving, amen. They think they're dancing, but they're, they're, they're testifying of God's glory, amen. My wife said, I can't dance, but she goes, man, you're, you, you think you're really doing it, but it's just your head that's moving and nothing else is moving. I'm dancing in my spirit, though. I'm dancing. And so let the clappers clap. Let the shouters shout. Let the rockers rock, amen. Let the weepers weep. Some people, they're weeping. You know, sometimes, I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes, you know, people are weeping, and, and, they, and uh, uh, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you get people rubbing them on the back and say, they're in the presence of God. They don't need a back rub. Sometimes they don't need you rubbing their back or trying to rub their shoulder. You're, sometimes you'll take them out of the moment. You ever seen people like, I'm good. I, I'm crying. I'm, I'm, I'm in my moment. Don't mess it up. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I, I'm okay. I'm all right. See, when everybody's doing the same thing, somebody's faking it. But when everybody has their way and they, they, they've connected in their genuineness, something happens. And this is why men have a hard time worshiping God in a masculine way 
Because when they worship God, they, they need to do it their way. They need to do it in their own expression. Sometimes men, they just hit their fist. It's the way. Sometimes they raise their fist like, yeah. Sometimes they just got to walk it off. Whoo, I got to walk it off. Like, man, I got to walk it right now. And they're not going to worship God like you women, okay? They're going to do this. They're going to shout. They're going to fit. They're going to stomp their feet, man. And that's how men do it. And we need to be okay with that. We can't say, well, it don't, it's not, it don't take all of that. That's how they do it. It's genuine. It's come from their heart. You're going to cry. You're going to weep. You're going to laugh. But whatever it takes, let's worship God with all of our heart and all of our soul. If I can have the worship team come back, come up here real quick. And I'm going to close with this because, again, I'm talking about real worship. I'm talking about the value of worship. And we're not just here making a bunch of noise. We're not just here with loud music. That's not what it's about. We're connecting with a living God. And, Fred, I'm telling you, if you want to live right, if you want the fullness of God, you need to learn how to worship genuinely. The last thing, and I'm going to try to get through this real quick, is she worshiped generously. She gave God all the perfume. She just didn't dab it. She just didn't pour a little bit. The Bible says she poured it all. And it was worth a year's wages. No, this, is a, this was a, an heirloom. And she said, it's time to use this heirloom on Jesus, and I'm going to give it all to him. I'm not going to hold back. See, giving to God is part of worship. When we gave to God today, that's part of worship. Some people, they have no problem today giving to God because that's part of their worship. Others say, well, I'm not going to do all of that. See, you don't know what true worship is. Worship is generous. Worship, man, you're willing to give it all because you remember what God's done for your life. King David said, I won't give to God something that won't cost me something. It cost her everything. She gave everything. She was expressing worth. The Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so she was saying, this is what I value, but God, I have no problem giving it all to you. She was worshiping God, not with just her words, but even her possessions. She said, God, I'm going to put you first. Friend, when we can get to that place to say, you know what? If, if, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even have this. God, this is yours. This belongs to you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you my best. I'm not, I'm not going to give you leftovers. God, I'm going to put you first. My offerings and my time, I'm going to put you first in all that I do. That's what she was doing. It was generous worship. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the grace of God. I pray move throughout this place right now. God, minister to lives that are sitting in this building right now. Lord, you know who they are. God, you love them. You care about them today, even those that are online. But I want to say to you today, there's a God in heaven that loves you, cares about you. And believe it or not, you're worshiping something. You, you may be worshiping yourself. You just care about just you. You may be worshiping somebody else in your life, in a relationship, or something that got you distracted. But can I tell you something? You'll never have the fullness of God. You'll never have the favor of God. You'll never know what true living is until you start to worship God and put him first. And the way you do that is surrender your heart to him right now. You're in this building right now. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your heart to him. Right now is your moment. Give your life to Jesus. Worship him first. Put him first in your life. 
With every head bowed, every eye closed, just say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life right now. I need Jesus in my life. You need to give your life to the Lord right now. You've not done that. Say, I want to, I need the Lord in my life right now, Pastor. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand real quick? Say, that's me. I need the Lord. I'm not here to embarrass you. Just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus in my life right now. Who are you? Just raise your hand and say, that's me. I need God. I need God's forgiveness. I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to put him first today. If that's you, raise your hand quickly. Just put it up and put it right back down. Is there anyone here? Maybe you were once walking with God. Maybe at one time you had the Lord in your life, but you've walked away from God and you need to come back to the Lord. Raise your hand. Who are you? Raise your hand. God bless you. Thank you right here. Anybody else over here on my right? God bless you. God's waiting for you. Anybody else? Come home to the Lord. This is your place right now to make it right. Raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already. Amen. You, you mean that back there? You mean that? Look up at me. You mean that? Can we have somebody pray with her? Would you come? You mean that over here on my right? You mean that? Somebody raised their hand. Would you come? Would you come? We're not here to embarrass you. Just come. We just want somebody. Come on. Let's all stand together with them. You're not going to be the only one standing. I, I need someone to pray with them. You know, we're just going to worship God. That, that's what we've been talking about today. We're just going to worship God with all of our heart this morning. And if you want to come to this altar... If you want, if you just want to sing, whatever you want to do today, but let's just take a few minutes here to worship God because he deserves the praise. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.